You wanna hear a good joke? Nobody speak, nobody get choked. Sports fans, it is Friday here on 89.1 KHOL, and Teton Sports Talk is here to bring you a little bit closer to your weekend. I'm your host, Massey Zeman. Special guest this week, Daniel Stelling, down in Athens, Georgia. 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 What's up, Massey? That is good. I always want the Kanye West to drop in the middle of that. You know? That's ludicrous. Oh, yeah. Whatever. Uh, I actually don't like Kanye West. I love ludicrous, so I apologize for anybody out there who took offense to that. Luda being the Georgia legend he is. Fast and right. Furious. Fast and Furious. Uh, I saw Fast and Furious 6, and there was a guy on there that looked a lot like Ludacris, but was not Ludacris. No, Fast and Furious 9. It might have been 11. He was in one of them, wasn't he? Yeah, I thought he was in like four or five. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's in one. You know, growing up, he uh, he was a DJ for a local radio show in Atlanta. Yeah. And he also went to my high school's rival high school. He went to Love It? And – um different kind of rival high school i hear you all right i'm there i'm there you know uh they were good at basketball we were not and he came onto the the campus one time and they had a pregame show for like a whiz when we were decent at basketball one year and uh started back fun of us for being super super skinny white crappy looking kids (laughs) like on campus walking around with a microphone and no one knew who he was at the time and you know now we do yeah it's like well he was not wrong he was absolutely not wrong um, I had something back there, but I completely forgot. Oh, did is that when uh your boy played basketball? Oh, your White Sox friend? Oh my God, I can't believe I'm blanking on his name. No, he played baseball. Baseball. I know, but I'm assuming I'm assuming he played like nine sports. If you're a professional athlete and you go to high school and don't play nine sports, who are you? He did not play basketball. He's only a two sports star. No well, one really played basketball at our school. That's probably because one of the many reasons why we sucked. like literally we we had seven people play basketball that was terrible well hey uh, the tallest person in our grade was like six foot three that's not gonna do it not a recipe for success we had a we had a four-star wide receiver that played for alabama and won a couple national titles on our team and it was so sick (laughs) it was so sick he yeah man did he did he actually play look up the stats he had one touchdown on special teams all right he blocked a punt and recovered it and ran in in the end zone. That's right. Okay. All right. Brandon All right. Gibson. Don't don't you that trash counts. Brandon Gibson. He's also hey. remarkably special handsome. Special teams is that's a third of the game. That's a third of the game. Special teams. I almost, almost jumped through this computer screen at you. Don't you don't you right. keep Brandon Gibson's name out of your mouth. Um I got to give the people the the Bison Goring update. I think he's a motivational speaker right now or a model. I look at his Instagram occasionally. I'm like I can't tell if cuz you know how models on Instagram give inspirational quotes. So I'm like, are you a motivational speaker or are you just a very handsome man? I cannot, I can't tell. Yeah. Take a oh. picture in a suit, put some, some quote that's not yours in the, in the, uh, yeah. Like some yeah. Mark Twain or, or Einstein yeah. Yeah. or whatever quote. Next thing you know. Me. Yeah. Next thing you know, um, I got to give the people the bison goring update. It was a bloodbath last week, an absolute bloodbath. This week's a little quieter. So last week we, uh, Added a couple points onto the total, so we're now at four. The over-under this year was one and a half, so that's that's just gone. If you had some side bets out there that was that maybe doubled it or maybe you uh, 
hedged your bet. What does it call when you when you do something special to your bet to make the spread bigger and you get more money? You tease it. If you tease the bison goring <laughs> of one and a half to its uh, appropriate three level, you've already, you've cashed in your money. You're doing great. Good job, loyal listeners. I really applaud your efforts on the, uh, especially the tourists. I think I give all the victims a thank you out there for uh, for really taking one for our team. I mean, it's not funny, but it is funny because it's so predictable. I don't know how Yellowstone does it. They're like, hey, uh, don't get near that buffalo. And you're like, eh, looks kind of friendly, kind of nice, just kind of great grazing. What could they do? Next thing you know, you're 10 feet in the air doing a double somersault. Yeah, your parents I actually got a friend been... visiting out there right now and I had to warn him, don't pet the wildlife. Um, I was at the lake for the 4th of July with my folks down in Alabama, and uh, I saw a video of a goring You're from like, Yellowstone. Here, here it is. I think is. it was one from two or three weeks ago, but, you know, news gets to south a little bit slower. Everything gets to the south a little bit slower. I've said this on yeah. this show. Um, if there's an innovation, like a good innovation, that it comes out of California, let's say, because that's where the tech is, if you did stole their business model and put it in Alabama – because let's let's say like Uber or whatever came out in San Francisco. If you're like, I'm going to take the Uber model and take it to Alabama, you'd be 10 years ahead of anybody else that was doing like ride sharing services. So there's not there's Bad an opportunity. Idea. There's an opportunity down south to start placing bets on bison gorings in Yellowstone. That's what I'm getting at. Maybe we'll develop an app. Someone will buy it. Mm-hmm. We could pitch it to Pin uh, Trust or whatever Barstool Sports is owned by, and and see what they see what they think. Get on the Barstool Sports book of the amount of Gorings in Yellowstone. Maybe that maybe that'll be my end. Oh, excuse me. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. We gotta we gotta huddle up. We got a packed show, Sterling. Packed, packed show. And so the huddle is the good news of the week, the critical number of the week, something you are stuck on. Your quote slash question of the week. And your goat of the week. And, and my goat, we're, we're going to have some extensive college football talk in my goat. So I, ho- I hope you're ready. Um, but I'll kick it to you, Stelling. What is your good news of the week? In honor of Graham, I got I to do this. Uh, right, and I didn't right. know this until about five minutes before the show. The good news of the week, Von Miller. Didn't even know he was a free agent or maybe he was traded. I don't know. Apparently, he was a, almost a cowboy. The good news is he's now a Bill. And not a cowboy. Wait, I really, I kind of penciled into the Cowboys and then, then forgot about him. Oh, I'm so sorry, Trent. Unless I'm wrong. Yeah, I, I got to check on this. I, I, I swear it because he said, I, saw, I just saw a quote, that he would have rather gone to the Cowboys and would have accepted less money, but instead went to the Bills for more money. That is the most BS ex- explanation I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. Hey, I'm going to go to a Super Bowl contender and be paid more and pout. Uh, I'd rather play for the Dallas Cowboys and get paid less and get bounced the first round. Maybe he just knows that playing for the Bills requires him to work harder because they're on the cusp of winning a Super Bowl. He's like, ah, I don't want to put in maximum effort. I just want a Super Bowl. Why would I put in maximum effort? I want to coast at the cow- at where there's no expectations in, in Dallas. Well, I mean, I just love it because the Cowboys think they're always on the cusp. And this this would have been the player that put them over the top, you know, into that dynasty range. <laughs> a six-year deal. It's like, A, no, wouldn't have. And B, doesn't matter anyways. It didn't happen. <laughs> uh, I don't even know what the Cowboys – they have the easiest – the number one easiest schedule. Actually, the entire NFC East has the top four easiest schedules because they play in the NFC East. I think that's the yeah, last I saw. Yeah, Giants, Eagles yeah. – 
Cowboys and Commanders. Oh, also notice, uh, speaking of name changes, they're not uh, – did you notice that the Cleveland – has changed their Cleveland baseball team has changed their name to the guardians. I can't keep up with that anymore. Yeah. I'm just um, saying it was one of those things where I was like, Oh, okay. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> I'm going to, I noticed this picture. I was like, had guardians across his chest. And I was like, why am I getting, uh, like what is farm league baseball stats on my phone? I'm like, Oh, that's actually a major league pitcher. Well, you know what? It, they can call themselves what they want. Whenever I think of the Cleveland Indians, the first thing I picture is Major League Baseball, the movie. Yeah. Isn't that like Dennis Quaid? Yeah. Dennis Wild Quaid? thing. He was standing up in, in, in the – he was booing him from the outfield, you know, yeah. and he had that, that typical Indians with the Mohawk shirt on. They can call themselves whatever they want. It's always going to be that movie to me. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I got to go back and watch some of those movies. Oh, uh, I watched uh, – I fell asleep on the couch Friday night watching Independence Day with Will Smith. Got to the got to the line, "Welcome to Earth," and I fell asleep, which was disappointing. That's what I call a true close encounter. Yeah, that's right, dude. I was going off Fourth of July. I had a great. Did you have a good Fourth of July? You sounded like you were in a lake, Lake Martin. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did. Lake I've Martin spent zero Auburn, Alabama. Oh, I have spent a little time on Lake Martin for a weekend. Yeah. But I was visiting a, a friend, and and that's the only time I spent on Lake Martin. Beautiful spot, is it? Is it man? It's man-made for sure, right? Yes. In fact, a little bit of history for you. Um, it was one of the. Uh, now I'm going to screw up a little bit here, but it we're, made we're the news. Oh, it made the news. All right. It made the news over in Nazi Germany. Hitler was obsessed with it because it was one of the biggest man-made lakes at the time in the world, and it made the front page news of. You know Hitler's the Third Reich newspaper, yeah. The Third yep. Reich Chronicle. Yep. That's um. That's not something I want to be associated with. We'll just cut that. We'll just cut that. Hitler does not like late Martin. Uh, does <laughs> not, not stay out of Alabama, Hitler. You're probably hey. uh, some of your philosophies still down there, but whatever. Hey, we're yeah. we're working out the kinks here. You, we said everything was slow. Um, my good news right. of the week. Right. This is the last month without college football. College football starts next month. Yes, that was actually potentially my critical number of the week, which was 57 for 57 days. Until 57 college football season. days. Has it been three yeah. days? Um, for all the Hook fans out there. Um, it's just exciting. You kind of forget about it. You get mixed up, especially in Jackson. You get mixed up in the summer routine. Days are long here. You're doing activity after, after activity, and you look up, and all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute. I have a hundred days. You're like, oh, well, and then you go back to activity. Like, wait a minute, it starts next month. And then your coworkers start jabbering because I have one that's an Oregon fan and one an Ohio State fan. I'm like, get out of here, dude. Besides the Ohio State, Ohio State is going to be dominant this year. Um, but it just gets me excited that I, I start talking trash. I told you before the show that Texas is is not back. They are going to they they're going to ride this Archie Manning news into this year thinking that they're back already. They're like, oh, yeah, Quinn Ewer is great, but, hey, we have Archie Manning. We probably should win 11 games. Like, he is a senior in high school. Yeah, they think they're back. You know, they're joining the SEC. They got all this momentum going. Um, but, you know, I think it's going to be a rude awakening. I can't wait. The ACC. I yeah, can't wait till they're good. in the SEC West. Like, good, yeah. good luck. Um, yeah. So give me this. Give me your critical number because we're going to talk a lot college football when I get to the GOAT. But give me your critical number this week. 
All right. So just in honor of Wimbledon, I'm not a big fan of tennis. I don't follow it all that much, mm-hmm. but uh, I got two numbers. The first one is number four. Isn't Wimbledon, is that in New York? That's in London. Over in, yeah. That's yeah. in London. Yep. Ever yep. in Wimbledon? I don't know. Um, <laughs> Once I said that, I was like, like Wimbledon. Hmm? Sounds very British. Hey, it could be in Nashville, Tennessee. I still wouldn't watch uh, or go. <laughs> uh, Rafael Nadal. What about this guy? tennis player in the world. How old is he? And how is he still the number four ranked player in the world? That blew my mind when I saw that. Rafael Nadal. Now he is like he's he's in the twilight of his career, and he's still number four. Surely, I'm gonna I'm gonna. Surely have to. he's in the twilight of his career. He's but he's number four. He had to bow out because of an injury, so he's he is no longer for this year in Wimbledon. Um, but today, um, you're not gonna believe this. Uh, what? Rafael Nadal is 36. I would have guessed older. <laughs> that makes me. But he's done more in his life. I, I have. He's got two years on me and millions of dollars and more trophies than I will ever receive. That, he had to have started when he was like sixteen. Is that when he started? Are there? Are there like? Are there like in tennis? It's less so than golf, but in tennis you like have your player, right? You have Jokic, or you have Nadal, or you have. Uh, Rod, yeah, as a fan, Roddick. Yeah, yeah. Like that's that's your camp. Yeah. I wonder what the Rafael Nadal camp looks like. Who, have you ever seen somebody walking down the street and you're like, really? You're a Rafa fan? What a nerd! No, I haven't. I, I was into it when it was Nadal versus um, what was the other guy from? Um... I remember Sampras, and that's it. No. I remember this very very hairy man playing tennis a lot. That was Pete Sampras, right? And Long then he guy, yeah. And then he married. Then he married. No, Andre Sabrina. Agassi. I remember Andre Agassi. Okay. All right. That's, that, that was my guy. <laughs> since then, it's been all downhill. Tennis has been all downhill since then. Uh, my critical number of the week is 500,000. Oh, I can't even read this number. 500,000. $588,235. That is the amount the Cleveland Browns will pay Baker Mayfield in week one of this season when Baker Mayfield is playing for the Carolina Panthers. Might not even be starting, but he will be on that sideline. That has to hurt as a Cleveland fan. It does. It does. And, and it, gosh, they, don't, they still don't know who their quarterback's going to be. Jacoby Brissett hey, will I, be on the other sideline. Yeah, well, I know. But, hey, as a Falcons fan, right, NFC South, you got the Falcons, you got the, uh, the, the Saints – I mean, it's, yeah, it's Tom right Brady and Jameis uh, Winston, two Hall of Famers. And then you have, uh, who, who, you'll have, uh, the Oregon's, the Oregon Duck guy, Marcus Mariota. Who, the Falcons are going to be trash this year. And, and no, 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 no. We drafted yeah. the Cincinnati rookie, whatever his name was, Desmond Ritter. <laughs> that's Desmond right. Ritter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Marcus Mariota will come in for a couple of QB draws. Listen, I think we're doing here. If, uh, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. I think we're tanking for Stetson. Oh, my God. I can't even. I think that's I what just, the plan is. I just choked on my own spit. I got so excited. Oh, I would love Stetson, Stetson Bennett to be Atlanta Falcon. He would get eaten up by Cam Jordan every week, every time they play, twice a year. I, he's he's kind of like the modern-day version of Doug Flutie. I, be careful what you ask for. 
What? I mean, you already Stetson, got round one. No, Stetson Bennett is not even going to get drafted. Did Doug Flutie? Uh, Doug Flutie had the, um, a miracle moment. He had like a Heisman moment. I mean, Stetson Bennett, the luckiest thing he ever did was dribble the football to himself in the national championship. He just did like a crossover dribble with a football, and that's what, and somehow it came back up to his hand. That's his moment. That takes skill. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I'd like to see you dribble a football. That's a good point. That's a good point. I don't, not, not, not many quarterbacks can do that. Just dribble it right off the turf and back up into their hands and gain seven yards. That's a ridiculous way to uh, play football. Hey, I have, the, I have the ball. No, I don't. <laughs> I got it back. Yeah. I'm out of here. Ah, oh, Stetson Bennett, the mailman. He's going to own so many used car dealerships in Athens. He's going to sell luxury used cars. The mailman always delivers. Uh, yeah, damn, damn it. <laughs> you have this year on me, Stelling. You better live in this limelight. Yes. You better live yes. in this limelight and absorb it all because it is lonely on top and everybody's punching up at the king, which means Georgia fans, y'all thought you were going to get the respect you deserved and you did, but now everybody's coming after you. Everyone's like, no, we don't we don't just accept Georgia because they're like the most likable, um, almost their team. You know, like they're, they're the team that's almost there. Now you won one, it's like, well, now we hate them. Now it's, those black uniforms are stupid. Which is why we came out with new white uniforms this year. Oh, white looking for helmets, pants. Yeah, white helmets, gross, dude. You're you're not gonna wear those. I think it was. I no, I don't think we will. I think it was a Kirby recruiting tactic. You know, the man lives for recruiting. Just do it. It, it was it was a sell up to get Arch and came up a little bit short. You know, it's okay. It's you, okay. You know who Arch Manning also visited and didn't choose? UVA. He was looking around uh, Virginia and being like. Hey, I really like white columns and red brick, but y'all's football team stinks. Just saying. I mean, yeah. it's a beautiful campus. Yeah. And also, uh, <clears throat> you know, he didn't know that Virginia was going to join the SEC in a year, just like Texas. He could have been could have been something at UVA, but no, Arch. I would have given him a I would have given him a full ride. I would have been like I mean, obviously the full ride athletic scholarship, but even even at then I would have been like, you know, have an academic scholarship. You know what? Here's a building. We'll name that building after you. Here's a new building. Mm -hmm. uh, you want to call this Archie Manning Hall? Here you are, Archie Manning Hall. You can rename the arches Archie's Arches. <laughs> there we go. Now at we're the getting tundra, some... right? At the yeah. tundra. The rotunda. Rotunda, sorry. Don't rotunda. you don't you get that mixed up? Uh, the rotunda. So back to Baker Mayfield. Baker is getting paid next next year, I believe, uh, or, or excuse me, his contract is worth uh, about around eighteen million dollars. He restructured it to make it worth about sixteen million dollars. But he's getting paid by the Panthers five and a half million, and he's getting paid by the Browns ten and a half million. And the Browns only got a fifth round pick. For Baker Mayfield. Right now, the quarterback room in Carolina is Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, and Matt Corral. If we look into Mayfield's career, back at his career, he did take the Browns to the playoffs, almost dethroned the Kansas City Chiefs in that playoff game. Mayfield's had four different offensive coordinators and has thrown 56 interceptions since 2018. 56. That is the most by any quarterback in that span. So he's not been very good. But at one point he was good. So, but it also has to hurt as a Browns fan when you're over there. I mean, Carolina's doing their thing. They're like throwing 
another dart at the dartboard. They went Teddy Bridgewater after Cam Newton. They went um, Sam Darnold. Now they have Matt Corral in a prospect, but there's no way Matt Corral was ready for NFL play week one. So it's going to be Baker Mayfield. And you know what? He didn't really make that much of a stink about it. He said, no way am I coming back to Cleveland. And then we didn't hear from him again because everyone was so focused on Deshaun Watson. And I kind of respect the way he exited Cleveland. So Baker Mayfield, I feel like one won this trade. And you know how everyone's discussing, did the Browns win the trade or did Carolina win the trade? Carolina obviously won the trade in this case. But so did Baker. Baker was like, yeah, no, I'm. you can just count me out. I'm I'm done here. So uh, good for Baker. Well, yeah, you know, I, I did not like the guy when he was at Oklahoma. I did. Uh, I kind of liked him. Well, see, okay, you kind of like those uh, some of those gestures and stunts that he pulled on the, on the field after a, a touchdown or against yeah. Texas or I don't know who was against. Uh, I, you know, YouTube him for everybody who doesn't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, um, he, he might grab below the yeah, waist. Yeah, he, he played Georgia. Yeah, yeah, grab him below the waist. He, he when he's playing Georgia, he get grabbed, uh, the throat slash. Uh, in the Rose Bowl. No, he did. You know, he, 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 yes, he did. <laughs> you mean, he, you yes, mean he did. Fo- he was on the sideline. You mean a football player? Ball. You mean a football player uh, got all hyped up in the yes. moment? That thug did that. <laughs> that is the most. <laughs> However, I will say this. I will say this, man. Off the field, he's, he's, I, during the NFL, you know, I thought he's handled a lot of the criticism well. I think, uh, uh, he's handled this whole situation well. I mean, what would you think if a team like the Browns went out and traded for Sean Watson, who, I mean, may never play in the NFL again? I, who knows? Never I don't play. Know. I don't know. Um, but it's like clearly the writing's on the wall. But then they, they want you, but they don't want you. But then they try and bring you back. And it's like, dude, time to cut bait. Just get me somewhere else. Yeah, and I will. I, I'll, I'll start over somewhere else. You know. Yeah, I mean, they they were like, yeah, we 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 traded for Kareem Hunt, and that kind of was unsettling, and now we have Deshaun Watson, and you know, I'm just I'm just out of here. I'm just I'm just yeah. out. Um, yeah. Give me your uh, stuck on for this week, Stelling. I, okay, my, so my stuck on is is nothing particular to this week, but has to do with the college football realignment stuff. Oh, I'm there. What does the ACC do? The ACC, I will tell you this, might be dissolving. They might be. You know how the ACC went to the Big East and raided their basketball programs? Like, what was it? Syracuse and Pitt. And I'm obviously Louisville. Louisville. I'm getting some. Um, I don't. Maryland wasn't in that. Maryland wasn't in the ACC before they bounced the Big Ten. There, that is what's seeming like the SEC is going to do. They're going to poach some of their teams. The four teams that they have in in their crosshairs is Clemson makes total sense. That is cultural. That is eyeballs. That's a big time school. FSU, same thing has the cultural, uh, has a blue bloodline from years ago. Clemson also multiple national championships. That all makes sense. UNC. Like we are, uh, we're kind of borderline with UNC. Their football program won't hold up. Their basketball program will probably, do really well in the, in the SEC, and there's one more team that they're looking at. Do you, do you know this one? Not Virginia Tech. I mean, not Miami. The UVA Cavaliers. 
No way. Never. Did Blaney Never. just want to duck out the screen? I see you, Blaney. That's right. You're making it on air tonight or tomorrow. <laughs> Caught yeah. Um And maybe I'll go into this a little more later, but I want to address it now as well. I don't understand how they how they're picking their programs, and also, well, let me let me back up. The ACC has some funky deal, has some sort of either it's not TV rights, it's an agreement after they broke up the Big East that they said just like in college football, they go, hey, we're gonna play you in twenty fifty five, like mark your calendar for September twenty twenty fifty, and we'll play you, and somewhere like twenty thirty five, twenty thirty six. Their agreement. That's what it is. Yeah. Is their agreement goes up, and there's some substantial financial penalty if they leave. I can't get all around that, but we thought it was going to stop at Texas and OU, and then we heard that UCLA and the USC news, and then all of a sudden the SEC goes, "Well, not only are we going to get Texas and OU, we're going to start going after other football programs," and it is starting to shape up like. College football, as we know it, is starting to erode. And I think in five years it might circle back in a way. But it's it, right now it's going to be unrecognizable. I'm like when USC takes the field at noon on a Saturday to play Purdue, my mind is going to lock up. I'm going to be like, wait, wait a minute, what? I don't, I don't get why the Trojans are kicking off at Northwestern at noon. I don't, I don't understand this. But – in five years, I predict super conferences, two super conferences, divvied up by divisions. Everyone plays their division, which will be what looks like the SEC West and the SEC East, the Big Ten East, Big Ten West. And then they'll play, and then the winners of those divisions will play a tournament. Am I starting to sound like the NFL right now? Because I'm thinking that's what we're going to do here. Yeah. So a ton that you just touched on uh all i feel like all related to do with the acc um they've got some moment of reflection you know look in the mirror what are we gonna are we gonna commit to being a basketball conference and put all of our eggs in that basket yeah uh, uh because right now in terms of football college football they're gonna get left behind way they, behind they, uh, way behind they got this contract i think there's something in that contract that says if more than six teams say they want to leave the conference and all agree that something about that agreement dissolves. And, I, and you know, I'm not going to get into the lawyer, lawyer talk. Yeah. Um, people, I just read well, something like that, yeah, you know, but um, this, this show hires people, our lawyers for this, just to get through the, yeah. the vernacular. Yeah. I, I don't want to be misquoted or anything, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> it, it, it's, it's, they do have to decide like, all right, clearly in terms of college football, the ACC, is going to be old news. They're never going to recover from this, I don't think. You got no, two no. big conferences being formed, and then kind of on the perimeter is like the ACC, who still has like you know three or four good traditional football schools who bring some to the table. All right, so you get the SEC. You know, would probably take UNC, Clemson, FSU, Miami, Miami. Yeah. You know, those are the four obvious ones. People want to say Virginia, Virginia Tech, one of those two. It should be honestly football, just because of the geography. Um and and what does the ACC do? They don't have they, they don't have any leverage right now. No, they all. have they have none. They they again, they, like you said, they have that agreement which binds them up. 
But it, it's been uh, – because everyone thought, like, when the SEC – and I forgot the last time things got rearranged, but it's been slowly over the course of five years. I mean, actually, here's, here's a stat I had not seen in a while, but Texas A&M has not played Texas since – in 10 years, since 2012. That was the last time those guys played. So when you see all these conference realignments, you're going to see the end of some of these traditional rivalries. That being said, over time, like I said, when they break them up into regional divisions – and then they start playing each other again. That would not, that's what I think the, the college football will recover its old system. But right now, it seems like uh, the SEC wanted Clemson, and they wanted FSU. And they left, what was it, the Big East to join the ACC. And it was kind of like, well, the SEC said, no, let's, let's take FSU and Clemson. The ACC agreed to that huge deal for that long period of time, and they said, "You know, what? we're going to shift our focus to the more e- uh, like a, a less lawyer involved Big Twelve, where we're going to get OU and Texas, which have a buyout instead of whatever complicated matter that the ACC is locked up in." And they went and got them, and then all the ba- like people must be just already have talked about this. People are like, "Oh yeah, it only came up USC joining the." Big Ten only came up six weeks ago, and I was like, "Yeah, right." Yeah, you know how many no people way. are. You know how many people's jobs are affected by this. I mean, all of a sudden, yeah. the equipment manager is like, "Wait a minute, I have to pack up to go to play Maryland and Rutgers, and like four East Coast games mixed in with the Midwest. If we don't play anybody within an hour, I have to real like the amount of logistics that has to just move a football team to." two hours down the road is huge let alone to the other four time zones away so it's just so interesting when people are like yeah i heard some rumblings about a month ago i'm like man they must have been keeping this under lock down if they no one uh no one was able to detect this earlier the stuff is going down right now just now you know being uh, made aware to the public was determined i mean long ago it, it's it's the ink finally dried moment where we can go public with it yeah, we, you and I could sit here and speculate on, on where college football is going to be in five, ten years. Um, you know, no one really knows, but there are powers that be, you know, who are pulling some strings that, that know where they want to take it. And we'll see. We'll see whether it's, you know, yet the, the two super conferences. Um, I'm not opposed to it. I, I'm, I'm not. And, and th- th- there are different ways to look at it. Um, you know, I, I'm. Hey, Southern Cal joining a a what is mostly a central time zone, right? We might actually get to see them play more football. Yeah, I mean, they that's Lincoln, true. They, they got Lincoln Riley. They're going to bring a bunch of talent for the transfer portal. All the NIL stuff it is going to be real. They might be a powerhouse in two years. And we're going to get to see them play Ohio State and Michigan, Wisconsin, you know, that's actually Eastern time zones when you or, or central, you know, and I'm like, I, I'm, I'm gonna get to see them play football again and they're going to be good. <laughs> That's a good thing. You know? I know. I thing. didn't think about it from that angle. Cause I was like, what about pack 12 after dark? What about when everybody's in bed? And I'm like, well, there's hey, one more pack kickoff 12 after here. dark. I've been asleep for four hours by, by the time that happens. Well, in, in mountain center time, it's like, Ooh, pack 12 after dark, nine o'clock tip right. off. Everybody's in bed. I'll just I'll just dabble in some Cal Stanford real quick and see what's going on in the West Coast. I did not think about it from that perspective where you have big teams, USC playing Michigan and USC playing, like you said, uh, Ohio State. And here's a question I just thought of. I'll, let me file that in the back of my head. 
But I was looking at the the Pac-12. I mean, the ACC might be getting left behind, but the Pac-12 legitimately may not survive this. I mean, they, oh, no, you're no. going to look at they've got what are we looking at? Oregon right now, Oregon and Utah, and I know that still not yeah, whatever they've been doing. I haven't seen them in a while. Yeah. Um, but Oregon, Phil Knight has to be like, look at the Pac-12 commissioner. Oh man, what your name is George Kalukfikov. Oh boy, I butchered that. Um, and the Pac-12 commissioner just isn't. I mean, isn't any good. He's probably sitting yeah. in some downtown San Francisco office being like, wait a minute, what happened to the alliance? We we had a handshake agreement. And so it's one of those things where, like, the the big question is the ACC because what do they do? They're the only conference that hasn't had anything shift around. The Pac-12, on the other hand, is done. Well, Phil Knight is, is going to walk up to George and be like, hey, I'm out. And there's nothing you can do about it. And I always say Phil Knight is synonymous with Oregon because he is. He probably pulls all the strings there and says, well, if if I'm not playing USC and UCLA anymore and it's just Utah and I left, yeah, we'll win the Pac-12 for maybe the next two years. But, hey, uh, I think I'm going to go join my friends in the Big Ten. That's what it seems like to me. So I was listening to another radio show, podcast, uh, and they they made this point, I think, with – USC and UCLA joining the Big Ten, uh, they will have a a school in every time zone in their conference. Which you hear that and you're like, eh, that's not that big of a deal. But all this is about is securing the future of TV. Yes. And if you have one conference that can secure every time zone outside of you know Hawaii, but I didn't yeah, think whatever. about this. All right. So if you're the SEC and you're like, well, who who can we? Let's counter that and uh, go get Oregon. Well, it's, it seems like, and I go back to the logistics standpoint, but it seems like it just doesn't seem like it can work. But, like, what 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 am I saying now? Like, everything in this internet age, everything is shared with everyone. Everything is kind of a little more, I don't want to say homogeneous, but, like, football, college football especially, seems to have, like, identities when it comes to each conference, Right. Um, the SEC is I'm bigger, faster, and stronger than you. The the Pac-12 is a little more like quarterback driven, skill position driven, play fast. Big Ten is run, punt, punt, run, run, punt. Uh, big lineman. Yeah, big. The Big Twelve is air raid. You know, I, I'm wondering if you're just gonna kind of see college football go into a singular path where everyone's doing the same thing. So we'll lose that identity a little bit. And if we do that, then I'm going to kind of like miss the conversation with like your team. Uh, my team can beat up your team. It's kind of like my dad can beat up your dad. We're never going to see that fight, right? We're never going to see my dad challenge your dad to a duel. And the same thing was fun when Wisconsin fans would chirp, uh, oh, I don't know, um, Clemson fans and say, we could beat you. And they said, well, we'll never play unless you make it kind of thing. And now we're going to see that, which is fun as a viewer it is fun, but we're going to lose some of that identity that makes college football more fun, and that is, oh, you're the Big Ten. You think you can run the ball against against the uh, Alabama? That's that's not going to happen because we're bigger, faster, stronger, like I was mentioning too earlier. So it's it's I respect it in a, in a certain way, and I think maybe your perspective is skewed a little bit because the dogs are on top right now, 
and you're like, Ooh. whatever, bring bring on the challengers. We're gonna we're gonna step on everybody's heads. It doesn't matter. But as coming as a Virginia alum, I'm like, wait a minute, we're not gonna play Virginia Tech. We're gonna stop losing to Virginia Tech and start losing to like Mississippi State. That's this is gonna suck. <laughs> you know, you know, Vineyard Vineyard Vines is just licking their lips, looking at the old Miss UVA game, going, I'm about to make a billion dollars. So like hey, all the money, yeah, all the money. Yeah. That's what it's all about. The, actually, you know what it is? Vineyard Vines is probably behind the scenes being like, don't forget Virginia. And the SEC is like, what? Like, yep, Virginia, you should play uh, Old Miss and, <laughs> and Texas and whoever else loves luxury polos. Hey, don't forget this is all happening within the same, you know, what, 12 months, 18 months of the NIL stuff coming out. That's a good. So point. now you have even more corporate interests coming in to, to the equation here. I feel like five years from now it's going to be FoxSports.com conference and ESPN3.com conference, and they're going to play each other, and it's and it's going to turn into a basketball scenario where corporate sponsors are the name of every team. I mean, soccer already has it. I mean, yes, Liverpool is called Liverpool, but the, on the front of their jersey they have like Xbox or whatever. So it's one of those things like. Wh- Especially with NIL, like, remember when transfers, someone would transfer schools and you'd be like, coward, you know, and then the transfer portal kind of got opened up and we got, we got callous to it. I mean, for instance, like Georgia doesn't have a wide receiving core because they all transferred to Alabama and there's, there's th- <laughs> oh, not even true. Not yeah, even true. I just saw some animated hand motions from there, but that, that is like become normal part of life. And I felt like NIL was becoming it, right now we're in the shock and awe phase where like someone's getting a high school kid's getting 10 million dollars to go to Miami and then eventually it's going to taper off because at some point someone's going to say I put 10 million dollars into this kid and he didn't even start for the team maybe we should reconsider what we're paying these people like right now we're in the wild west but when you couple NIL with all the TV money and it just looks like a, a fat pigs capitalism type of deal people are going to get excluding me are going to get their feathers ruffled mainly because i don't want some high school punk to be a millionaire you know i don't that's like something core that's something like core value of mine i'm like why should he get a million bucks i want a million bucks you're throwing money around i could take a million off the top it's just it's it's a it's a whole it's a whole brand new frontier Five years from now, I think this is all not be settled. It'll still be wild. Uh, but hey, listen, sports is entertainment. This is where we are. Sports. This yeah. is you. Whether you like it or not, it's I. I do think that it will make sports more entertaining. You might hate your rivals more than you ever have because they steal your players because they offered them a you know a t-shirt deal. All right, so but what it's if- going to bring that much more people to the table? And and, and here I'll equate it to this it, for all the baseball fans out there, right? Oh, uh, okay. Uh, this ha- this happens a lot in baseball. You go out and you sign um, a big time closer. He might be 34, 35 years old. You know, hasn't showed any signs of decline from his age, and you gave him a big time contract, and he goes out there and he just doesn't. He's lost three, four miles an hour on his fastball. He's not as effective. Meanwhile, you got this 22, 23-year-old kid making $500,000 still on his rookie contract who is clearly the better closer, throwing 99 miles an hour. And you, 
the GM steps in and it's like, listen, we we're paying this older guy $15 million a year. He's our closer. That's it. That's the bottom end of story. He's closing. All right. I, I'm curious to see if this, this happens with the NIL stuff and college football players have been getting paid for forever. All right. Forever. So let's not say that they haven't been, but, but okay. Dr. Pepper sponsored DJ Ongulele, whatever his name is. And he sucked last year. He was bad. Now, now he might be better this year, but when you, if you're Dabo Sweeney and you got this, this high profile five-star quarterback kid from California, um, sponsored by Dr. Pepper getting hyped for the Heisman. Is it easy to start somebody over him who has no name recognition, no brand recognition? Well, let's take it. Let's take it like uh, what would affect Kirby Smart's de- decision when he started Stetson Bennett over uh, what's his name? He's transferred 10 times. JT, JT Daniels, Daniels. Yeah. West Virginia guy. Um, yeah. So that's a good point. Like, what if JT Daniels came in and Dr. Pepper said, called Kirby Smart's office and said, we're paying this kid $10 bucks. We're going to – I don't know. I don't know how money works, but apparently rich people that have money just call other people and are like, hey, you should do this because I'm rich. So what if Dr. Pepper did the same thing and JT Daniels started all year? Well, he got hurt, I guess. But you see my point. was Same with DJ, right? Same with DJ. It's like – well, you have to start him. I think that's an excellent point. When does when do the corporate fat cats call up the coach's office and all of a sudden not only is Kirby Smart juggling the NIL, but all of a sudden he's getting the NIL corporate sponsors to be like putting pressure on the, someone who represents the brand. And now they're going to walk out there with a Dr. Pepper pat. This is DJ Angulele brought to you by Dr. Pepper. Are we there? Are we, are we making strides in that direction? That touchdown pass was presented by Dr. Pepper. I mean, it, we might, we might be there. That's what I'm saying. You know, I mean, Georgia, Alabama, you know, most of the schools in the South are sponsored by Coca-Cola. All right. Coca-Cola and, donates money, you know, um, yeah. I, I, I could see where that's going. And I, I did read something. Um, uh, it, it's related to Georgia recruiting, which I'm sure it's similar to, to most places. So it's, but um, uh, it was from an insider source, you know, take it with a grain of salt. Um, but what, who, who's your insider source? Don't, don't name names, but, uh, you got, some, you got, you still got some family in there. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't have a name. I only have an avatar. Okay. Well, I knew that you used to have some family in the building down there in Athens. So I was just wondering if that's your source. We, we still have some, we still got look, some sources here and there. And, and, and I've got some uh, other sources outside of the family too, but you sound like um, you're in the game, which makes me very intrigued. Are you saying right. sources? Well, so, so here's where I'm going with this. All right. right? All right. All right. Um, it's with, uh, um, I think it had a lot to do with losing arch to, to Texas and people were getting a little frustrated with, with that, how, how that went down. And, um, they're like, listen, Kirby, and I bet Saban's on the same page. That's why I'm bringing this up. And a lot of the other big-time programs. When it comes to the NIL stuff um, and recruiting, you can go the A&M route and just throw money to everybody. Yeah. Tennessee, not $9 million to some quarterback. A&M bought off everybody, right? We all know how, how that went down. But if you're a Kirby and you're Saban, right, and you got a track record of winning, developing players for the NFL – um, you got other things to sell and you got a, you got a locker room culture that you know, that works and you're going to stick to that. So what I've heard is that Kirby 
and again, I'm sure a lot of other coaches do this from inside sources. Per inside sources, they they know who who's driving the ship in terms of a player's recruitment. If they're going for the NIL deal, let's steer clear of that guy because he, he he doesn't care about winning; he cares about the money, right? The I mean, it's hard. It, I mean, he, he, he's he's not he's not committed to winning. So let let's go find the players that you can do both. But there are some players yeah. who are going to go wherever the money takes them, just to get a quick paycheck. I mean, yeah, I mean, who Quint, fits your culture? Yeah, Quinn Ewers went to Ohio State, made a million bucks, went to Texas. No, no telling how much he makes there. Yeah, um, okay, that's interesting. Just kind of like selling, selling the idea of prestige, which college athletics has been doing for for since college athletics reforms, the prestige of playing for USC, the prestige of playing for Oklahoma. Um, if that's still in the mix, I mean, you heard Nick Saban, we've, we've covered this a lot, but you heard Nick Saban be like, you talking to his boosters, like you got to be ready to start shelling out some cash because some of these guys are going to cost some money. But if they can sell, hey, I can, I can pay you a million bucks now, and then on draft night when you sign your name, they'll guarantee you five, you know, that, that that's, but there's also an aspect of NIL where someone's saying, if I return and develop for another year at whatever Clemson, then I still am on contract to make 4 million bucks. And then I can make the the rookie minimum or the rookie maximum, which is not nearly that much. Like there's, there's going to be some give and take when it comes to the NFL is probably looking at NIL and it's like, uh Oh, we're at the NFL owners are looking at NIL and saying, well, we can't keep up with the Texas oil money. How are we going to get these prospects from college and bait them into the NFL when we used to just hold the the paycheck out in front of them and be like, hey, come and get it kind of thing. And now they're like, what? We have to – the rookie contracts now have to compete with Texas oil money? That is going to be a very interesting thing to uh, to think about. Last thing about college realignment. What is Notre Dame going to do? That's the big fish, and that is that is what everyone wants to know. The Big Ten, um, Big that's, Ten. That's you, been, go ahead, go ahead. We'll say that, that that's been what Notre Dame has been the big fish um, for. I mean, I don't know, twenty years. People have wanted to know what is it going to take for them to join a conference. Because uh, it know, used to it, be, is it a ridiculous contract? Because I know they got the TV contract. They they get the solo rights to the NBC. And they're like, well, it doesn't make sense for us to leave this contract for a conference because we make more money now. So with these conference realigning and these new mega TV contracts being signed, what do they do? They they have to do something. I mean, they they held on to that. They waved the NBC flag just as a get-out-of-a-jail-free card to make a decision. They're saying, we don't have to make a decision we have NBC, and now they're going to have to. If you ask any Big Ten fan, they're going to say, oh, Notre Dame's going to join the Big Ten. Guaranteed. They're, they have traditional rivals with uh, Michigan, who they haven't played in a while. Uh, USC, excuse me, they play them every year. They're now in the Big Ten. And they're like, oh, well, this is a layup. Notre Dame will be in the Big Ten. But there's a wrinkle to that. The ACC – Notre Dame has been playing a four to five game ACC schedule for about three or four years, maybe since COVID. Um, so that's two or three years. Even before then, they they played a little bit. But it's one of those things like, okay, 
Well, they might go to the ACC. They already have links. They play ACC basketball. They All their other sports are ACC. Maybe they should go to the ACC. And, well, just like we were mentioning earlier, the ACC might be dissolving, which which would go into the med conference. But Notre Dame is that big fish. And whoever, if they decide to join the conference, I think that's one of the dominoes that people are like, all right, I'm going with Notre Dame. Notre Dame's conferences because they get that much money from the amount of eyeballs that watch their games, the amount of um, TV rights. I mean, think about Notre Dame lining up against Michigan and Ohio State. And, like, all those traditional rivals uh, make sense. But there's that little ACC fish that's been – been squirming around like oh well we the acc's kind of been our uh been our guy here for a little bit man this is such an interesting time this is the most interesting college football has been in the summer forever in in, in the history of college football is like where's everybody going and what random rumor am i going to hear coming down the pipeline tomorrow when it comes to conference realignment you know it, it is and um it, it's there's part of me that wants to see Notre Dame playing the, the blue bloods of the big 10, you know, like the history of football, football, um, you know, Michigan and Ohio state. <clears throat> but I went up there um, back in 2017 when Georgia played up there, it was a fun ass trip. They came down to Athens the next year or two years later. Um, it was fun having them down here. There, there's part of it. That's like bringing their brand down to the South. If they, if they were to join you know, the SEC, just yeah. for example, uh, bringing their brand down to the SEC and then having the SEC take their brand up up there for home games for yep. Notre Dame fan that also is like, wow, that would be a huge draw too because that's different. Yeah. That's different than the history. You know, and so there's, there's, the, there's the more traditionalist view of them joining the Big Ten and then, you know, maybe you get a Big Ten champion playing the SC champion and, or, you know, the playoff system is going to evolve from this, too. So we can go there next. Yeah. But there's also another standpoint of, of kind of mixing the blood a little bit. Um, That's exciting. You're right. That is exciting. Yeah. We have spent the last 20 minutes on college football. So as much as I would yes. really like to digest oh. uh, the college football playoff expansion, which is definitely going to happen because they had to turn down. They decided they don't want 12 teams. All of a sudden there's going to be mega conferences. We're like, oh, we're going to pick one person from three conferences. Um, anyway, I could, I could talk to you about this for hours, but we must move on. We only have a couple of minutes left here in this show. I have to get to my stuck on. I have to get to my quote slash question. You have your quote slash question slash goat left. My goat was the SEC and the Big Ten for gobbling everybody up. So we're going to skip that and get to the rest of this show. My stuck on completely changing gears here from college football. Do you know Brittany Griner? Have you heard that name? WNBA star. For sure. She yeah. Today, she pled guilty to uh, drug possession, and they're going to – She okay, whole, let's do the whole shebang here. Brittany Griner – is a WNBA player. I don't know why she was in Moscow, but she was in Moscow and she was flying home. And at the airport, she got busted with a bunch of vape pens. Um, they arrested her. They detained her. They've been detaining her for five months since about February. And she just pled guilty and gets and can face up to 10 years in a Russian prison for vape pens. Why does she plead guilty? Well, Apparently, a prisoner exchange is more uh, applicable when you can like expedite the process instead of going through a lengthy trial. 
for a prisoner exchange for a WNBA star smoking weed. It's like, wait, what? And do you know what prisoner the Russian media is pushing to trade for Brittany Griner? Okay, probably not. His name is Victor Bout. His nickname is the Merchant of Death. He is an arms dealer who is currently serving 25 years in the United States prison system because he sells arms to terrorist organizations. What? How did we get here? What, what, what are we doing as a society where the Russians are like, well, we got one of their athletes, lock her up, and we'll get our, we'll get our guns dealer back? I don't get so it. So I had this conversation with my wife. You know, um, the other night, uh, last night, maybe even let's, well, I'm sorry. Let me interrupt you. Let me ask you that. Let me, let me add this detail. President Joe Biden called Brittany's wife and said, we're going to get her back. So we've reached that level of, of public interest when the president's like, Hey, we're going to get her, do what we can to get her back. That's where I was going with this. It's like. You got. Uh, I think she was over there playing basketball. That's what my wife said. She Makes was over there the playing basketball in some summer league. Yeah. It's like okay, well, she plays basketball. Okay, I buy that. Yeah. Okay, um, that checks out. That however, checks out. Not a spy. How 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 many regular citizens would the president pick up the phone and make a prisoner swap for an arms dealer or a spy or whatever the Russian was because of a vape pen? Not very many, I no. don't think. No. She's like, well, what, a, what, what about if you get like a, a kidnapped in in the Middle East? I'm like, that's a little bit. Getting kidnapped is different than having an illegal, yeah, substance on you or whatever it was. I actually haven't heard the details until just now. It's that's wild. I mean, I I, I want to be like, what are you doing over there playing in Russia when you were? I mean, maybe you didn't know that. The invasion was going to happen. Yeah, you were just like, but, and that was February. She got arrested in February, and then they invaded six weeks later or something like that. I'm mixing that all that I, up. I, I, yeah, I don't know, but I, I mean, what it's pretty a wild that uh, terrible situation that Brittany's in. Just uh-huh. like okay, uh-huh. so I'm going to spend ten years in a Russian prison while they're at war against NATO. Well, currently yeah. against Ukraine, but you get what I'm saying. Um. Here is the kicker here. So the United States might be – this is so weird to talk about on a sports show, but between trades, NIL deals, the transfer portal, we can, as sports fans, figure out the social econ- politics in this. They might be like, well, we see your, uh, we see your Victor uh, gun smuggler, and we raise you – there's some Marine spy that got sentenced to 16 years in Russia. Maybe they'll just tack on that guy. Be like, well, we want our WNBA player for your guns dealer, but we'll take our Marine spy back as well. So maybe we'll <laughs> – so, this is such a messed up thing to be talking about, especially in politics. When it comes to sports, that makes sense. Like, hey, he's pretty good at football. Let's trade for him. The fact that as a country, they basically are in a parallel world – trading each other for spies and gun stealers. It's it's that's why I'm stuck on it. It's a wild wild story. I cannot wait for Brittany Geiner to get back uh to get back to the United States. Like what a nightmare scenario. Who hasn't traveled in an airport with weed before? I mean this is America. It's America. It's, it's legal in half the states. You're like, "Ooh, uh sorry, I was on a bachelor party in Las Vegas and somehow the gummies ended up in my carry-on. I don't know how that happened. 
That's what I, I was. T- I was saying that to Blaney. I was like, I mean, who is dumb enough to go to a foreign country and get their hands on some sort of illegal substance? And I was like, you know, what? I'm gonna um, stop talking. <laughs> yeah, um, I said that. I said that <laughs> sentence, I, I, and I, I immediately don't, I don't regret think it. it's. I don't think it's that ridiculous of a thing to do. Now that I say it. <laughs> no. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. My bad. My bad. My, my bad. bad. Yeah. All right. Give me. You your... know I think she. I think she's innocent. She's innocent. <laughs> totally. Uh, give me your quote slash question of the week as we, as we dwindle down on time here. Oh, well, we just kind of touched on a lot of it. Um, it was a quote from Mac Brown. Yeah. Mac Sorry. Brown pretty scared of Nick Saban these days. He's like, wait, I got to go to the SEC. No, again. no, they, they so, okay. So he was talking. He was talking to all the Pine, uh, Paul Feinbaum this, uh, yesterday. Mac Brown talks ago. to Paul Feinbaum. What a waste of time. Continue. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Well, I'm not a big fan, but they were just asking, you know, his opinion on Texas joining the SEC, and um, it's a, it's a long quote, but the, the last part is, quote, I think that's what all this comes down to. If you don't win regardless of whether you're Texas or Oklahoma or Ole Miss, North Carolina or Clemson, it doesn't work because I've tried it both ways and people like it better. If you win, (laughs) he's talking about, I've tried it both ways as in going out there and securing TV rights and raising money and doing the, the politically, you know, uh, a better thing for school, raising money for scholarships. Yep. Yep. You gotta win. You gotta win. You gotta baby. win. And if you're Texas, if you're Oklahoma, if you're USC and UCLA going to the Big Ten, you better you start winning win. games. You better start. I mean, look at Nebraska. They keep, went keep to the your Big eyes 12. on the prize. Yeah, go ahead. Keep, yeah, keep no. Just yeah, keep your eyes on the prize. And that's what you know. The, the better coaches, like I don't care. The landscape is changing, but one thing remains the same. You gotta win. You gotta win. That's you know it still comes down to W's and L's. Uh, I love Mac Brown for that. He's just like, no, I've been I've been around the block for a while. If you win, you stay around. If you don't, people get pissed. They'll get rid of you. Um, in this last in this last couple minutes that we have, and two to be exact, minute ninety seconds. Um, I got a I got a quote here from Troy Vincent, he who is the VP of football operations for the NFL. His quote goes something like this. When we talk about the future of the game of football, it is no question flag, as in flag football. And I want to get I want to get about a 30-second response from you talking about where football is moving, not only in five years when we're talking about conference realignment, but also are we gonna go with two-hand touch football? No, we're not. It's not entertaining. Okay, how about this? They're shooting for the 2028 Olympics in Los Angeles to have a flag football teams in the Olympics. Not going to watch. Simple as that. I mean, yeah. not going to watch. Have you, I ever, mean, have you ever watched I, a crackback block? Because those are sweet. No, listen, if, if, if people who say that contact football is a dying sport, I understand what the science says about a lot of the head stuff. It ain't happening. <laughs> people want to see contact football flag football is not going anywhere it's yeah not yeah they're good it's good for summer drills and that's about it you know yeah it's well, good for kids you know can teach them how to juke and spin move and stuff like that but football will always be a physical sport on that note sports fans that is all the time we have for you this week i'd like to thank my man daniel stelling down there in athens georgia so much college football talk college football expert daniel stelling with so many sources in the building 
invaluable resource. We really appreciate you joining the show. I'm your host, Massey Seaman. All right, sports fans, that's it, and that's all.